Davis County Clerk David Oz Osborne has been a courthouse fixture for 12 years, but he will be retiring when his term ends at the end of this month. So stay with us as we have a conversation with Oz Osborne. For the Mystery Inquirer, I'm Don Wilkins, and joining me this week is Oz Osborne. All right, with me is David Oz Osborne. And Oz, I appreciate you coming in and being on our podcast. You said this is your first time ever doing a podcast, huh? It is, first time. So, you know, you're getting ready to retire, and and that's partly why we're in here and, you know, talk about your retirement. You know, uh, and and I want you to obviously talk about that aspect of it, but how long, you know, you've been the county clerk now for some time. How long have you been the county clerk? How many terms? I've been, uh, this is the end of my third term. I've been county clerk 12 years. Um, uh, I've been in public service um, for, I was with the ambulance service for four years and then the sheriff's office for 24 years and then here for 12 years. So I'm right there at 40 years uh, in public service. So, you know, a lot of people know you uh, from back whenever you were um, with the sheriff's department, and and I know, you know, we, we you're coming up on the 30th anniversary of of whenever you were shot, right? Right. And, yeah, and in May of next year. And so, whenever you look back at that and, and think, you know, that was 30 years ago, and um, what has that been like over the past 30 years for you? I mean, um, Anyone who who would have gone through that, you know, probably I don't know would have been willing to come out of their house after that. But but you have a really good spirit about you, and uh, anybody who knows you, you know, knows you know you're you're an upbeat guy, positive, and 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 so you know what has been that experience over the past thirty years for you, and how have you kind of healed mentally and physically from all this? Well, I just. Uh I I am a, a positive person, but I've, that certainly comes from my family and my upbringing with uh, my parents, my grandparents. All of my family were like that, and they always saw the cup uh, half full and not half empty. And you know, it just uh, I've told people many, many times over the years, Don. I uh, you only have two choices when you're in any situation like like I was in, and that's either you know, to move forward or to just, you know, lay in the bed and, and uh, commiserate about what's happened to you and woe is me and I never was that person and I always felt that, uh, you know, the good Lord could make something good out of something bad if you just let him, if you let him do it. So, you know, my 30 years, I tell people all the time, I've been uh, absolutely, you know, blessed beyond my wildest imagination uh, I couldn't see that right at the first, but to look back on that now, uh, just 
the people I've gotten to meet and the I've gotten to share my story uh, all over the country with with different organizations, police, civic, church, and uh, it's just been a great uh, career. I just wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything. So how long were you with the sheriff's department whenever you were whenever all that went down? You were shot and. I started in 82, and I got shot in 1989. So uh, I'd been there uh, seven years when I got shot. So, and what was the circumstances behind that? Well, I was just going to serve some civil papers on a guy uh, way out in the south end of the county, and it was a family dispute. I wasn't going to arrest him, or, but I didn't know that there's this ongoing dispute going on, and he was going to have to leave the marital residence when I went out there that day. But uh, long story short, I just served the papers on him. We got out the end of the driveway or into his walkway, and uh, I just didn't watch him. We didn't get in an argument. He never raised his voice. We ne- it just was uh, nothing that you would think that was indicate that was going to happen, what was going to happen. And uh, I knew he didn't have a weapon on him. And uh, anyway... I just didn't watch him, and he went to his car, and I went to my car, and he had a uh, thirty-eight caliber revolver in the front seat of his car, and he just started uh, he just started shooting. So how many times were you hit? He shot me five times. Um, uh, he pistol whipped me. He tried to shoot me in the head. Uh, fractured my skull. Knocked two of my teeth out. Tried to run over me with my cruiser. Uh, he re- he worked me over that evening. He really did. Tried to kill me. For sure. You, you know, and that was back before, you know, the emphasis nowadays, you know, with police and and how they, you know, police have been under um, a lot of scrutiny and so forth and, and the dangers, you know, that they go mm-hmm. through every day. And, and, and that was, you know, back before all the publicity that you have now with police and so forth. And um, s- did you ever think in your mind that that would ever happen to you? Uh, I mean, I know you guys are sort of trained to be on guard, but, you know, back in the 80s even, you know, I don't know that people, you know, thought about, you know, the risk, you know, that police take. And, and nowadays, you know, you hear the KSP and even though OPD talk about, you know, how their applicants have dropped so much you know, used to be, you know, the honor of the job was enough to attract you. But now, you know, with the pay as it is and the risk that it is, you know, they're having a tougher time attracting police officers. Absolutely. And uh, and a lot of that, Don, is, is certainly the scrutiny, as you mentioned before, the scrutiny that police are under. And, I've, uh, you know, uh, police should be held to a higher standard. I absolutely have agreed with that my whole career. Uh, but there's a lot of scrutiny uh, on police officers nowadays and uh, the danger uh, it seems like uh, it's it's grown exponentially on shootings you know people getting in gunfights with police officers and you know just to hear recently thank goodness you know it'd been 30 years since somebody was shot since or had been shot a police officer been shot here with uh, with Zach you know he just yeah, OPD, yeah. so that'd been That'd been the last, uh, he'd been the first one since I'd been shot 30 years ago. And before I got shot, it'd been almost 50 years. Uh, so that's a great thing. It's a great thing that, that we hadn't had that many. But, uh, 
you know, the danger's really out there. So, and then, then as far as physically, uh, how did that affect you physically ongoing? Did I mean, I don't know what were the, you know, what were the doctors telling you at the time? Uh, five, I mean, I couldn't imagine being shot once, much less five times. Well, my neurosurgeon came in the third day I was shot and said, uh, from what he saw on my, my spinal cord injury, uh, and that obviously was the main one, was that I was never going to walk again. I'd be in a wheelchair the rest of my life and, uh, you know, wouldn't be able to have children. I mean, just, it was a, it was bleak three days after my shooting. It was a bleak outlook. And I started, I didn't start getting really feeling back in my, or movement uh, back in my leg or my foot is where it came. Uh, it was like almost 12, 12 weeks post-shooting. Uh, and I started moving one toe on my uh, left foot. And uh, then it just gradually came back. So pretty bleak. So how long did it take you to get back uh, to where you could get back to to walking and get back on your own feet? It was, uh, it was about, it took me about a year uh, to get back and then just kept gradually getting better and better and better. But it was, it was a year. I was in a, I was in a wheelchair for six months and then just gradually started, went from a wheelchair to two, to two crutches, to one crutch, to two canes, to one cane, to no cane. Now, back then, did you guys wear those, the bulletproof vests? Well, we had them, but they were really big and bulky and, and, uh, hot, uh, and we just, I had one and it was in the trunk of my car. Hmm. We just didn't wear them. I've told a lot of rookie police officers they were hot, but uh, they weren't as hot as lead. So uh, <laughs> I wish I'd had it on, but, you know, it was just the day you just didn't wear them that much. And so um, so what was you, what were you doing after that? Uh, what did you think you were going to be doing with the rest of your life? Well, I absolutely, I absolutely wanted to go back to the sheriff's office. That's all I wanted to do. And I was fortunate enough to have uh, the sheriff at the time was John Bovier, and, and uh, he let me come back and start doing administrative work at the office. And, you know, Don, if I'd probably been at a bigger agency, that wouldn't have happened. But it did happen. It was able to happen. And, uh, you know, I was able to come back and uh, finish up my career there. And so when did you decide that you wanted to get into politics well um you know i mean you got shot for heaven's sake and and then you wanted to to go into politics i don't know i don't know what's worse really when you think about it but go ahead i don't know that i really uh i really wanted to uh end up you know i trained my whole career to be to run for sheriff uh but that kind of took a turn I, i you know i was Sheriff Kane's chief deputy, and uh, I wasn't going to run against the guy that made me his chief deputy. So Mike Libs, who's the county clerk, came up and uh, said nobody in the office wanted to run for county clerk, and would I consider it? And so I talked to my wife about it, and uh, <laughs> we, I just decided, well, yeah. You know, I, I'll give it a shot. I mean, that was basically it. I just didn't consider that I, that opening. Did Did you have an opponent 
back then? I did. I had two. Okay. I had uh, Betty Kincaid, uh, who was just fantastic, and and we had a great run in the primary. And then I had uh, Charlie Castlin in the uh, general election. And Charlie was a great guy to run against, and uh, we had good campaigns. And to be honest with you, Don, it was it was really pretty fun. You know, I enjoyed it. And and that was and that was what year you did this? That was uh, That was oh six. Okay, so so two thousand and six. So the politics part of it, and, and I and I can't you know as far as we think about elected positions, you know, this is not one that. You, you make policy, and yeah. it's more administrative. It is. And, yeah. and I've always sort of joked, and there may be some truth to this, that a lot of the county clerk's job is and how you get people's votes is, is how fast can you get me in and out of there? That's 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 it. That's it. And how, how smooth is an election going to run, you know? Uh, th- those things, how fast can I come in and get out, and then how smooth is an election going to run? Because I guess a lot of those folks – come in on their lunch break, you know, they come they in to pay do. their taxes and so forth. And so, you know, they're looking at their watches going, okay, you know. How uh, fast can I get through this line? And then if and then if you can't get them through there fast enough, they're cursing you. I'm like, I'm not going to vote for that guy. Uh, so um, so how, how much, you know, to this job do you think people, I guess, take for granted or don't understand about it? Because um, one thing that I think most people don't realize and this is a part where I really want to get your thoughts on is the the election department, you know. And you talk about how smooth the election are, but you know you're you're right there involved with the elections, and 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 so whenever you're you're talking about cost, you know how much these the cost to put on an election, and then you see like a voter turnout of. 15, 20%. 20%. Yeah. And each one costs the same, you know, well over a hundred thousand dollars to put them on. So what are your, so, so what are your thoughts on, I mean, these are, I mean, this, you know, this is taxpayer money, you know, yeah. we're talking about here. You have this thought, you know, people are literally letting their money go to waste and their rights go to waste whenever they don't come vote. You made a great point. Not so much your money, it's your right. And there's nothing, Don, as you and I both know, there's nothing that affects your daily life more than the people that you put in elected office. It's not, you know, football sports stars. It's not movie stars. None of those things. It's elected officials. Uh, they make the policy. They make, they raise your rates. They lower your rates or your tax rates. All those things uh, affect us all every day. And it just is amazing to me that people do not get out and exercise your vote. And, you know, this last election, we had a 48% turnout, and it was like everybody was like, oh, wow, that's wonderful. Well, uh, you had 48% of 72,000 or 73,000 registered voters come out and vote. I mean, that's nothing to jump up and down about. It really isn't. And you got almost 400 poll workers out there that you've mobilized and put out in the field and delivering machines and just that whole whole ball of wax. Uh, I say the election, you know, if it goes smooth and we've had good good elections, we really have. But take a look at what's going on down in Florida. When they don't go smooth, man, I mean you're under the you're under the spotlight, uh, for sure. Now 
One thing I'm, I've always I've been curious about is in the time that you've been county clerk, have you seen? I mean, did, did you see this coming? As far as you know, we're we're two to one registered. Are we still two to one registered? Yeah, Democrats? we're right there about. It's it's picking up on Republicans, but it's still probably used to be three to one on Democrats, probably two to one now. So, but that's not how Davis County is trending no. as far as voting. I mean, is it is it because people are 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 too lazy to go change their you know if you're a Democrat they're too lazy to go change their party affiliation? I mean, because obviously Davis County is going in the trend of of the state, which is you know you see it on a on a map you know you, on CNN we're you know we're a red state now, and so. Uh, did you see that sort of coming, you know, uh, during your tenure? As- I have during the 12 years, but, you know, 30 years ago, Don, if you, in Davis County, you know, if you weren't a registered Democrat, I mean, the Repu- you weren't going to vote. I mean, you just didn't have any options out there. You didn't. And a lot of people were were obviously registered Democrats. Uh, the trend has changed, but, you know, when we talk about conservatives, I've been talking to a lot of people. Uh, in these last couple of weeks, but you know, I'm not, I'm not a liberal, but I'm not a strict conservative. I'm certainly more of a moderate. And the people that I know uh, that I associate with are more moderates. We're we always talk about where have the moderate, where have moderates gone? And I think the the trend to switch to Republican uh, is because I mean we are conservative, but I just think people are just more moderate and they don't know if you go to an independent as an independent candidate at this point in time you're not going to win you're not going to win well, that would be me because I'm, I'm a registered independent i yeah. always have been you know you're just not going to win uh, not around here uh, at this point in time uh i wish that trend would change but uh i don't know you know and you know and i've always you know I, and, and people giving me a hard time um, about being an independent and a registered independent, and you know they tell me I need to pick a pick a side, and, and, and of course I'm, I'm married into a Republican family, and of course, you know that's that's the way they you know they would prefer me to go, um, but partly you know I think my role as a journalist uh, has always been to look at both sides uh, of any issue, and politics is certainly one of them for me personally, you know, um, so I, I don't want to just say, okay, just because I'm a, I'm affiliated with this one particular party, then I must go with their particular policy. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand when you're coming talking about, you know, a, an elected office, yeah, you'd probably have to choose a side to get somebody to vote, to vote for you. Yes. And, and I can think of probably a couple around here who, who, uh, who probably had to do that. So, um, so what, you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, the current state of, of politics, not only locally but nationally, the the, the division that we see uh, here in this country right now. I, you know, I just uh, to me, it's it's upsetting that our country is in this situation that it is. That it's so fractured, and I don't see a lot really getting done in Washington. You know, you're not working together, and uh, people are they're tired of it, Don. But I don't know. Where's where's the answer there? What's what's the uh, what's the solution to working together? And you talk about guys back in the day uh, like Wendell Ford and uh, Natcher and those guys. You know they did go across the aisle. They did work together, and uh, 
man, you just don't see that at all. It doesn't seem on the national level anymore. So uh, there, I, there's like anger out there too. You know, people just you can't. Well, it used to be you could talk kind of talk politics, but I mean, people get angry yeah. about things, and I don't know where where a lot of that's coming from. I don't. Yeah, and and you know, I, I'm I'm always one who can always, you know, agree to disagree and Absolutely. and be friends. I have plenty of friends, uh, Democrat friends, uh, Republican friends. And, um, you know, if we disagree on a particular issue, you know, that's okay. It you is know? okay. You know, so, now, now you yourself, well, we'll call you a lame duck, okay? And uh, so... <laughs> Literally what, and figuratively. <laughs> see, that, that's why I love your sense of humor. Um <laughs> So when is your when when's your last day? Twenty eighth of December. Okay. So what do you you know the big question? I, and I know everybody asks yes, that. You know what are you going to do? I mean, I, I, I'm sure you'll you'll put your feet up for a minute or two. Yeah, but yeah. are are you going to stay out of politics? You know, got to be like the James Bond movie. You know, never say never. I don't. I at this point, I don't think that I I would. In four years, I'd be 67. That's not old, but I think younger people need to get in. I'm glad to see younger people running for these offices, and they need to. Uh, I I think we need to have term limits. That'll probably never happen, but I think uh, politicians need to be limited to two to three terms uh, in office. I think 12 years is probably... Enough. I once had a guy said about leadership, said, I don't care if you're the best or you're the worst. On leadership, 10 to 12 years is about as long as you need to stay. And that's, that's, a, I, I feel pretty strongly about that. Yeah. And, and I, and I think I would be remiss uh, not to talk to you about this. Um, you know, with this previous election, uh, you had uh, Richard House, who was your chief, chief deputy, deputy. Yeah. And, you know, he'd, he'd worked under you for, Twelve years. Twelve years, and been there a total what twenty two years. Okay, yeah, and and then he uh, he got beat by Leslie McCarty. Did you give him any advice, or maybe give anybody advice on on how difficult or, or it is to get into? I mean, to me, this is a, is is a great example of of how of how difficult it is to win an election, and and just what it takes to win an election. What advice? You know, would you give someone who, because you talk about, you know, wanting young people to come in. So what advice would you give somebody who's thinking about ever running uh, for an office and say, hey, you know, I, you know, I just had this guy, you know, who, who had 22 years of experience, you know, got beat by, by Leslie, who, you know, she, she, she's at the library and decided to throw her name in the hat and she wins. It's the nature of politics, and there was nothing, uh, you know, they both ran, and I, I like, too, about the local races, uh, they both ran a good race, and it was a clean race, and Richard said, this is what I've got to offer, and Leslie said, this is what I've got to offer. Uh, but it goes to show the fickleness of the election process. There was nothing that Richard could have done any different than, than he did on running that race. I mean, he ran a good race. He got out there and he ran hard. And uh, Leslie got out there and she went to places and ran and ran a good. I just tell people, you just got to get in there, Don, and 
it's a nobody knows how it is to run a race till you get in there and run it, and uh, you just got to go at it uh, with all you got and and hope and hope for the best. You know that's it. And the other and the other race I want to talk to you about is the 13th district state rep race where you uh-huh. had what close to 14,000, 13, 14 or that it was 13 or 14,000 votes that were cast and Jim Glenn the democrat wins by one, one vote. vote. Of course, yeah. you know, he, he he acted like that was no big deal when I talked to him on the podcast. I thought it was a pretty big I deal. I think it was a huge deal. And and so what what was your thoughts on that the chances of that happening, even oh. though they talked about how, you know, this district was evenly split and the way, the, uh, you know, the voters are nowadays, but that many votes cast and, and for somebody to win. It's minis- um, minuscule. I'd like to see it's probably stand a better chance to win the lottery than hitting it to one vote that's going to come out to one vote. That many votes. It's not yeah. like you're talking, you know, 500 votes. You're talking thousands of Thousands of votes. And so what were your thoughts, you know, whenever that came in, as you were seeing those votes trickling and when you saw the outcome? Well, a a civics lesson uh, right there in real life about the the meaning, how much it means for you to vote. We talked about it earlier, you know, that people say, my vote, you hear it all the time. My vote doesn't count. Uh, Well, yeah, it absolutely counts. If uh, D.J. Johnson had had three more people, vote for him, he'd won, you know? So it does count. It does matter uh, when it comes down to it. So uh, that that's what I tell people. I said, don't don't tell me to vote doesn't count. We had, what what was it, four years ago, five, four years ago, when the, uh, Tim Klein, he was running against Arnold. I think it was the Arnold guy for a state rep. And it was a five-vote five vote win for uh, – for the other guy with the when Klein was running, hmm. so I mean, we've had that within. I think it was 2013. I think 2012 or 2013. So within that time period, we've had a five vote. Now we got a one vote. It makes a difference. Well, yeah. Now this wasn't this wasn't where you had two candidates running together, but but it's been within a couple of years ago where you where you had the coin toss. This was a wet dry election. It, it made national news, and they said it. The coin, I flipped the coin, then they said, well, it bounced off my foot. Oh, it was, and, but it was still heads or tails, whether it bounced off my foot or not. But it, was, it came down to a, toy, a coin toss. It was a wet-dry election. Right. So the thought, of a, the thought of any election being decided by a coin toss is sort of ridiculous. Uh, but I guess at the end of the day, I guess what choice, what other choice do you have? That's it. <laughs> they just had one in Hartford. It was a, just— yeah. The council race council there. Council race, if, but what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, you asked me about what I was going to do in retirement. Yeah. I do not know. I am just going to take it easy for a little bit. I, uh, my wife wants me to write um, uh, my life story. So like a memoir. I guess a book. I, I'm not. I wish I had the gift that you guys have for writing. I know so many of you all that. I'm, I'm envious of your ability to put your thoughts into words the way you do. I have a lot of journalist friends, and uh, maybe I can get some of you guys to help me on writing. Well, uh, I would be happy to. Uh, and you know, I, I've I've written 
a little book that's out there and um it, it's it is it's there, it's more to it than what someone might think but especially when you get into because i it was a a fictional novel that I did, and so it was a little different from what I'm used to as far as uh, the newspaper journalism reporting that I that I've done for so many years. But uh, but yeah, if you if you do it, and if you decide to hey, I want to publish this thing, you know, ho- you know, holler at us. I'm sure somebody would be more than happy to help you edit it or give you hey, some tips to, or something. Dude, you just sit down and start writing. Yeah. writing your story. Half the battle is actually sitting down in front of a computer and just start typing. Typing. Well, there you go. That, so that's one thing I'm planning on doing, and uh, I'm sure that there'll be something out there. It's just a matter of looking. There's plenty of opportunities, Don, to do in this community to do a lot of things. You just got to get out there and look for it and uh, and do it. And I've got so many uh, so many friends, and I've been blessed with so many friends and uh, good people in this community. So, uh, you know, that's the thing. I, I'm, and not that... You know me, I like to talk, and I like to interact with folks and be around folks, and I'll, I'm still going to be able to do that. Uh, but that's something I will miss, you know, at the courthouse, being being down there and kind of in the in the mix yep. of things. Certainly that's something I'll miss. Well, uh, well we'll certainly miss uh, having you around, Oz, and I appreciate you uh, taking the time to come down and, and talk to us, and good luck on your retirement, okay? My honor. My honor, Don, and thank you all for for having me. And that will wrap up our show for this week. I want to thank David Oz Osborne for joining me to send us questions or provide feedback email us at newscasts at messenger-inquire.com. Remember, you can find us on the Messenger Inquirer's website, its mobile app, and iTunes, where you can subscribe to Inquire. Until next time, I'm Don Wilkinson. Good day for Inquire.